Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to Literary Quest. This week, we are going to be discussing Madness of the Horde King by Zoe Draven. Um, it will be an After Dark episode since we are going to be discussing alien sex. Um, and there will be cursing, probably, because I like to curse. So, warning about that if you don't like hearing anything about alien sex or cursing, maybe try another one of our episodes. How could you not like hearing about alien sex, truly? <laughs> because it's an alien book, there are some new terms to know, some myths that you need to know about the world. So I'm going to uh, jump into that. Marissa will uh, do our plot. So first off, we have the Dakar. They are the alien race. Uh, they're very protective of their given names, and they don't give them out to people they don't trust because um, in their culture, they believe that names have power over people. We have the Gertung. Uh, they are another alien race, but they're the bad guys in this uh, series. They live in the Deadlands and they're testing their uh, territory because they want to take over more areas. Um, then we have um, the Kiri. That's what our, uh, the human race is called in this series. The um, Vorakar. That's a Horde King. So that's what this book is. Horde Horde King, all the Horde Kings are called Vorkars. Um, then we have Perokis. They're the animal that the Dakars use to travel. They have red eyes, four legs, black talons, and scales. Uh, there's also Thespers. Um, they're animals that are trained to carry messages over long distances. Vovic is a poison and drug made by the Gertung. They give it to all of their slaves because after a few weeks without it, the slave will die. Um, Morikari is a queen, is what's called queen of the horde. Uh, then the Pujarak, second in command to a horde king. And then there's the Daka, which is a vibrating nub at the base of a Dakari male penis. Moving on to some mythology in this, um, so um, in the first one we're going to talk about, a Vokar kills his bastard child, which angers the goddess Kakari, um, whose wrath then possesses a female Dakar with white hair um, and ends up destroying like a whole village in Horde. The next story that um, we need to know is a Horde warrior um, steals a heartstone and then um, takes it along with his dying wife and unborn child to the ancient groves and begs the goddess um, Kakari to heal them. And while Kakari does heal them, um, she also took the warrior's life. However, his daughter still lives. All right, so moving on to our characters. We have Vianne. She is our male female, main female lead. Um, she is not curvy. She has long white hair, pale skin, and bright eyes. She is able to sense other people's emotions as and calm them, which comes in super handy with a broody male alien. Um, she has a sister, Viola, and two brothers, Maxon and Eli. Her father was killed by a Borokar, 
um, and she is a slave of the Gertung and has been living under the Dead Mountain. So our main male lead is Davik. He is seven feet, seven foot tall, red eyes. He has a tail, a scarred face and body. Um, he's got golden tattoos, claws, and long dark hair. He is broody and mysterious. Um, he's a horde king. He really hates the, the Dovacar. Um, and he has a reputation for having bloodlust, seeing dead people, and has is being and is called the Mad Horde King. So we have the um, Dothakar, uh, the leader of the Dakari. Um, he is a lazy, cruel asshole with a beer belly. <laughs> then we have um, Lakaru. She is the um, daughter. Oh wait, no, hold on. I don't want to. Did I put that? Oh, yeah, okay. Lucaro, she is a Dakar that's part of Davik's horde. Um, she knows where the Heartstone is located because her father is the one from the story. Um, she is now elderly and has dementia, but she does have moments of lucidity. Then we have, um, so then we have Davina, um, Davik's twin sister who appears to Davik as a spirit um, slash ghost. Uh, she was raped and murdered due to the actions of her fiancé. Davik still sees her and feels immense guilt over what happened. And then finally, we have Loza, King of the Gertung. He is the villain in the story. He enslaves people, and he is looking to start a war with the Dakar. Um, there are two locations. Um, there's Dothic, which is the capital city. Um, and like most cities, it is loud, and our main male lead hates it because he prefers quiet. And then we have the Dead Mountain, which is where Vianne and her family are being um, kept hostage as slaves. Overall, just not a great place. All right. So, Marissa, would you like to take over with the plot? Yeah. Okay. So, our book begins with our main character, Vianne. She's sneaking into the Dakar's capital city of Dothic. Um, she has been caught like two seconds in by our main male lead Dobic. We find out that she has the gift being able to read people's emotions and when she reaches out to Dobic, she feels turmoil and hatred and darkness. So she runs and he catches her again. Um, he asks her why she's there and she admits that she is there to see the Dothic car. She um, has a message to give him and Dobic advises her against doing that and tells her that she would have more luck with one of the horde kings. Um, she feels threatened and he gets like really mad at her uh, when she asks him if he is going to rape her. And so um, out of her anxiety, she uses her power to calm him, but it gives her a terrible headache. It's a side effect of using her power. She can become weak, her head can hurt. If she uses too much, she will uh, basically pass out for days. And so she ends up falling asleep in another alley and is found and caught by the Dothakar's guards and gets tossed into the dungeon. And she asks to see the Dothakar because she needs to deliver the message from Loza, the Gertan king. So she's taken to see the Dothakar and she delivers her message. Basically, Loza wants access to the Teru Gulch, free passage across Drukar Sea, and he wants his own ship. If the demands are not met, Loza will 
mobilize his army and destroy Dothic. Um, and he also demands that a heart stone be sent back with Bien as a token of acceptance of the terms. And so uh, after she delivers her message, she gets tossed back into the dungeon after being accused of being a sorceress by the Dothakar because of her hair. She's automatically untrustworthy. But luckily for her, she is soon taken out of the dungeon by Davik before a car who first discovered her. He takes her back to his room to feed her and to find out more about Loza, and they end up in a sexually charged situation. And she realizes that when she uses her gifts, instead of being able to separate um, from his, his emotions from hers, they start to blend together. And so they are shortly thereafter interrupted by another one of the Vorakars, um, Brath Katala, who has a human queen, and he is pissed. So this Vorakar is featured in the first book in the Horde King series, which is really spectacular. You should read it too. Um, but he he promises Yen that she will be safe and that and the, the Vorakars leave to discuss things. And so unbeknownst to Vien, the, the two Vorakars decide that um, they will help her get the Heartstone. They're not actually going to give it to her to return to Loza. Instead, they're going to just try to gain her trust. So she'll tell them all of the secrets that she knows about the Gurtan and the Dead Mountain because they are still pretty mysterious to the Dakari um, leaders, the Vorakars. There's not a lot known about the Gurtan. And so when the Vorakar returns, he lies and he tells her that the Dothkar has agreed to her terms. And she is traveling with him, Davik, uh, to find one of the Heartstones. And they encounter several things while they travel. There's sexual tension. They run into monsters. There's more sexual tension in a forest. Um, and then they also tell each other stories um, about themselves. And so they finally get back to his horde. And all of the members of the horde are wary of Yen because of her white hair. And Davik takes Yen to meet Lakaru, who's the person who can tell her about the Heartstone. And it turns out that she has dementia. So Yen spend time, spends time with her to hopefully glean, glean more information about her and about where the Heartstone may be um, and to try to trigger her memories about the Heartstone, but as days pass, Ian doesn't really learn um, a lot more details about it. Meanwhile, the sexual tension between Vien and Davik builds. Uh, they have sex and both experience feelings of vulnerability afterwards. So they're made uncomfortable by this. Vien accidentally insults Davik by suggesting that he killed her father or had him killed. Um, he is hurt by this and he storms out um, and before he leaves he has a vision of his sister Divina which happens pretty often for him um, but during this vision he while having this vision he is looking towards the corner of their their tent and Vian also feels a strange energy coming from that area and so they later talk and reveal that being vulnerable is hard for both of them um, and they they resolve their conflict and so Davik and Vian grow closer they exchange even more stories and start to open it up with each other. There's one story that Davik is unwilling to tell her, and that is the story of his sister's 
death. And so Vienna is very curious uh, since she has had dreams and memories of his sister show up in her dreams. Um, and that's actually how she learned his name. Um, it is also how she found out that Davik and Davina were twins. And at one point in the dream, Davina tells Vienna that she needs to help Davik because he is keeping her trapped in this realm and she wants to move on. But Vienna has no idea how to help Davik or even really how to tell him what his sister's saying. Um, Vienna starts to develop strange black veins, that veiny lines that travel up her arms. Um, and while she knows this is a symptom of the bovic poisoning uh, and a sign of her impending death, she lies to Davik and tells him that it's due to using her gift. And so Vienne starts to get more and more anxious as time goes on because the bovic poisoning is getting worse and they're no closer to finding out where the heart stone is. Um, one night there's a Gerten attack and Vienne believes that they may have some bovic on them, which would help her stave off death. But uh, Davik kills them all and orders their bodies to be burned, which is super frustrating to the end because that was an opportunity for her to at least prolong her time. Um, before its death, one of the Gertan tells Davik that he will watch Vien die because he knows that the Bovik poisoning is only going to get worse. And so this terrifies and enrages Davik. Uh, and he realizes that he can't live without Vien. And so he returns to the camp and he tells her that she will be his Morikari, his queen. And Vien is super uncomfortable with this. And she excuses herself from the situation, saying that she's going to visit Lakari. But unfortunately, she finds Lakari dead. The Horde has a ceremony for Lakari. And on the way back, Vien falls asleep in Davik's arms. And she has a dream where Lakari comes to her. And she tells her that Davik already knows where the Heartstone is. Um, but she gives her the location in a mental map because Vian realizes that Davik, because Davik has known he's not intending to share that information with her. And so she's angry. Um, she's also sad. And so Vian knows that she has to leave Davik and find the Heartstone and return to the Dead Mountain to get the antidote and save her family. And she leaves the camp in the early hours of the morning and heads to the tree that Lakaru showed her in the vision. And she manages to find it, but the bovic poisoning has affected her so intensely by this point that she doesn't have the strength to pull the heartstone out of the tree and she collapses. Davik finds her much later um, with the assistance of his sister, Davina, appearing to him in her guest form. Um, and Vian is just in immense pain. Uh, when he he finds her in the forest, um, they're able to he's able to obtain the heartstone, and so he returns to camp with Vienne and the heartstone, and is informed that what's happening to Vienne is a result of the Vovic poisoning, um, and there's not a known antidote, um, and um, a visitor to their horde, whose mate died from Vovic poisoning, tells him that he should. Um, kill Vian and put her out of the misery. And so Davik realizes that no one nearby can help him and he rejects the idea of euthanizing Vian. And so he decides to go to the dead mountain to uh, get the antidote from Loza 
himself and save Yen. So he takes off. So what happens? You have to read the book to find out. Spoilers abound. So um, and this is at least a second read for both of us. And I did, I read a lot of this um, getting my hair done. Uh, so mm. I was um, incredibly nervous that they were going to see what I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> it was on my phone and the text was small. But um, I mean, he talks about his cock a lot. And I was like, boy, I... I really hope that nobody looks over <laughs> my shoulder <laughs> really and wonders what, what I'm reading. Um, but nobody said anything. So. I mean, what would you say if they had, it's an alien sex book? Yeah. Anyway, so I- No <laughs> shame in it. <laughs> no, not I- Alien and, sex. Great. Um, I love Zoe Draven. So I, did I think she was my first introduction to the like sci-fi alien romance world. Um, and I don't think I've ever been disappointed in one of her books. Mm -mm. Um, so I, I love them um, so much. She's fantastic. Yeah. Her books are just like... The, like if you come off something really heavy you know like her books mm -hmm. are perfect for that yeah. yeah agree these are good like when you've got a, a book hangover from something really intense like I can go to Zoe Draven's books and I know I'm gonna have a happy ending I'm gonna have like a, a happy ending <laughs> yeah um, hot sex good romance fun alien stuff like I like she crafted like she crafted this language for the and that's fantastic. Like I just really enjoy um, all of her books. The Horde King series is probably my favorite series that she has, but I've read books in the other series that she has too, and I like them as well. And I one of the things that I like about her books, even, even though like it's enemies to lovers a lot of times, especially for the Horrid King books, because, you know, the main female lead is normally kidnapped in some way or, mm -hmm. you know, she ends up, it's always like sort of an enemies to lover thing. There's never like really a ton of like major fights or major stress that goes on, you know, right. you know, that's, you know, they're going to, they still love each other. They're going to be happy. Um, because you know, sometimes you have those enemies to love where it can be like real rough. Mm -hmm. And they, these aren't these aren't like that. They're good. Yeah. So I pictured our main characters as Cal Drogo and Khaleesi. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I mean I can... the, the cover art, first of all, love the cover art. There's a very attractive man on the cover of this book. He he's got long hair and a toned body and he um looks broody which mm -hmm. love a, a broody troubled male character yep you just you love mean, those got, yeah he's got you know you just love a, a man that needs some extra loving and some fixing i will say the red eyes kind of freak me out a little bit 
Yeah. I didn't remember red eyes being a thing in the other books, but I'm looking at, you know, I think I actually got confused. Grace Draven, she has a book. It's not aliens, but it is fantasy uh, with a, a different species. And they have yellow eyes. I think I got confused about eye color. Some I don't know, but yeah, red eyes on this other guy too. He's holding a sword though. So yeah, yeah. I can definitely see Khaleesi um, and Cal Drogo because well, the cover, the guy on the cover, and then also she's got this white hair, mm-hmm. you know, and she's yeah. There's prophecy about her. Yeah. Yeah. That's who. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm picturing here. So. Yep. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so. Okay. So, you know, in the very first, like, it's the their very first interaction um, where they, uh, he, like, finds her in an alley and then chases mm-hmm. her down another alley. And for whatever reason, it just made me think of that John Mulaney joke of like, he's walking in the subway and the woman in front of him starts walking faster, like looks behind and starts walking faster. So he thinks there's somebody coming. And so he starts walking faster and then she starts running. So he starts running. And then he realizes like she's running from him and he's like, no, I don't want to hurt you. (laughs) And that was my first thought. Well, not my first thought, but when he has her, because then when she asks, like, if he's going to hurt her, um, and he, he's like, no, I'd never hurt you. Um, so I think that's what it, it made me think I mean, about. like, what your first instinct in an alley in the dark with a scary guy with red eyes is going to be like, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Like, <laughs> exactly. This guy is just like so sensitive about people thinking he's a threat because, you know, everybody thinks he's crazy. And so he's super offended when she, I mean, that would be my friend, like a dude corners me in an alley. Like, yeah, I'm going to think like, this is a threat. I need to get away from this guy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. He just needed some finesse in that situation, you know? (laughs) Yeah. He, he came at it real, real heavy right there. Pinned her up against, pinned her up against the wall. Yeah. There, there's a better way to handle that situation <laughs> than coming in hot like he did. Be nice. Yeah. Like, um, Davik like hates his ruler, right? I love that. Him. He's so rebellious against the death of car. Yes. So this guy, he's like, nobody respects this guy. He sits in his fancy castle surrounded by gold and concubines with his big belly which they talk about several times like they got no respect for this man and he has no interest in doing any like he he doesn't he wants to just send his court horde kings out to take care of his business he doesn't want and he would sacrifice all of those other people out there on the plains he just he he's a bad ruler they they have no except for one guy there's one guy that likes him and he cheats on his wife morikari uh but everybody else is is against 
secretly because it's treason to openly oppose your your ruler i guess um but nobody has any respect for this dothakar and i love that the guy i mean he's just so rebellious yeah i'm a big fan Uh, yeah he's he's great and he has this reputation of being a mad you know the mad king so you can kind of get away with more stuff too yes (laughs) being like well they think i'm mad anyway so i'm gonna be like super dramatic about this um one thing I don't totally understand is kind of how their hierarchy works. So we've got the Dothakar, right? And it's mentioned that he's the, the current one is the son of the previous one, right? So it's bloodline. Mm-hmm. However, to become a Vorakar or a Horde King, you have to earn it. You go through all these trials, you get whipped for like an hour. I don't a lot of time yeah you get whipped for like a lot you get whipped a lot and they have to earn being a horde king but to be like the ruler of the entire race it's just passed down through bloodline yeah yeah i feel like that's i don't get that have an election or whip maybe they they need to have a whole set that guy yeah (laughs) everybody gets whipped you get whipped and you get whipped and you get whipped (laughs) Everybody come to our kinky party. (laughs) I like that. The Mad King is not the only one scheming, though. I'm really hoping that we see like a coup or something down the road. I I think the thing that's kind of been building over the series, even in the the book that just came out. So I'm really hoping that they're like, like, gosh, I would love to see them overthrow this guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for a coup and I won't be happy unless I get one. <laughs> Take down the government. You know, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. see some chaos reign here. He loves the rebellion. <laughs> I wonder what their slogan would be. Mm, I don't know. Would be something, something to different. consider. Yeah. Some rallying cry that they have. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would just be really simple, kind of like um, the King of Rohan. Death! Death! <laughs> Death! That's such an empower. I've been watching these movies this weekend. It's such an empowering, like, war cry. It's like, just everybody's shouting death. Like, I'm on my couch, like, death! <laughs> <laughs> The scene, let's see, the scene where they have left the capital. They are riding toward Davik's Horde. Mm -hmm. And they've stopped for the night in the forest to rest. Mm -hmm. After Davik has, so they've stopped. Davik has fought off these like furry night creatures that attacked them. And he has walked over to a stream and Vien super curious and kind of follows him and catches him like masturbating in the woods. And it is so that scene is so spicy. Mm-hmm. Like, whew, my Lanta. Yeah. So I look because he catches her watching him. Yes. And he confronts so, her. He's like, You like oh watching? Oh my gosh. Yes. The words he says to her are so, so spicy. Dirty. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like the king, he might be the king of the horde, but he's also the king of talking dirty in this book. Let me tell you, <laughs> like, it is spectacular. Yes. Um, 
yeah so good um yeah it's it's i just love it um do you want to watch Le Cavi? Because I need to come desperately. Whew. She says goosebumps broke out over my arms. It's like, yeah, me too, sis. Like, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Wow. So. <laughs> that happens. Well, I mean, not exactly that, but they there's some voyeurism later on. They watch. Um, there for sure is. Yeah. And he talks dirty to her then too. Yes. He was like, oh, she likes it when I like say dirty things to her. And I was like, I like it too. So yes. <laughs> say it. Yes. He's got them <laughs> mad dirty talking skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. I don't know. Something about masturbation scenes is it, they're just very super hot there's another book that i just read that had some really great voyeurism scenes too is neon gods by katie roberts it's a it's a play on the hades persephone myth but yeah i guess it's just because maybe the taboo associated with those things makes it even spicier i don't know but boy howdy this book's got it mm-hmm. so Davik. You know, he's he he wants you to think that he's this like grumpy, murdery, crazy bad guy that sees dead people. And he does those things, but he's kind of a sweet cinnamon roll on the inside. He you know mm-hmm. he calls her like Kavi, which means small, beautiful one. He, like, takes care of her when she rides on the pierogi, and she gets, like, pierogi burn on her thighs, and he doesn't, like, try to push his advantage or anything in that situation, I don't think, and um, he takes care of her, and he checks on her, and he's kind of sensitive. He is. We see that a couple times. Like, he- vulnerable and he shares like he's known her for five minutes and he's sharing some of his deepest darkest stuff with her mm-hmm. yeah he's he's a good character he's he's my favorite kind of character like the <laughs> troubled broody yes. sweet on the inside <laughs> I, mean, I that's yeah and he just thinks he's so awful, you know, he does. like I'm so unworthy of things. And oh my like, God. Oh, you deserve love, boo-boo. You deserve it. Yes. And he, he mentions, so he, all the Horde Kings, I don't know if all of the Dakar males do this, but the Horde Kings at least, because it's been mentioned in the last, all of the books, they keep <laughs> like these trunks in their tent things that have like treasures that they've collected for their morikari over the years to give them when they get married and he collects nothing he just carries these trunks these empty trunks that sit in his room as a reminder that he isn't worthy of having a morikari because he couldn't protect his sister and he couldn't protect his parents and he just 
that is so sad to me. I know. He's just got these sad, empty trunks that he <laughs> moves around. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's sad. There's nothing it's in sad. him. Like, dude. Yeah. Bless your broody little heart. <laughs> Let me love you, man. You deserve love. I know. And then when he, he makes, so I love from his point of view when like, because he doesn't totally know how to handle his emotions and he pretty much reacts with like anger to being scared you know mm -hmm. like uh when the Gertung tells him like oh she's you're gonna you're gonna watch her die and he's like and like freaks out and comes back and they have kind of rough sex and he's like you're gonna be my wife <laughs> <laughs> we're getting married <laughs> <laughs> and she's like no <laughs> that's not how this works i have to leave like I'm only supposed to be here for a month. Uh, yeah. Like, I nope, I love you. You can't go. We're getting married now. <laughs> oh, he's just so sweet. And then when they do have sex, he's so he's got this history. Like he was sexually assaulted mm -hmm. and he was with this woman who wanted like really brutal sex. And so that's, he he regresses to like this this state of um what aggressive sex when he's uncomfortable with feeling things or he's feeling out of control and several times he says to her like i want to be the right one i can be gentle for her i can be i can be the right thing for you i can do the right thing for you I'm like oh my heart my heart yes you can baby you can be the right thing you don't yeah, have yeah. to be you don't have to be aggressive unless everybody's okay with it. Like, so I think uh, one of the times they're having sex, I don't, I don't remember if it was the first one, and he's like, no, I can be right for you. And so he switches and puts her on top to give her the control. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and leading up to that, like everything was all good in the hood. And then suddenly it's like this switch flips and he's like aggressive sex mode. And she's like, David, Davik, stop, stop, you're hurting me. And he's like, oh no. And he stops. Like, and then he does that. He lets her take the lead. And he's like, yes, honey, you are doing this right. You are the right thing for her. Mm -hmm. But on the inside, he's still like, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve anything. I'm just the, the mad horde king who's angry, mad but also mentally mad and he's sense. a good leader too. He takes care of people. He's very accepting. He lets, uh, well, he let, like, he found that Killip. So Killip is another race on this planet. He found a baby. It's a Killip baby out in the forest and it would have died. And he just brought it and accepted it right into his horde. When they bring all those slaves in, he's like, y'all can stay. Like, he's just very accepting. He's a good leader. He does what's best for his people. He's a good guy. Yep. He just thinks he's bad. Mm -hmm. He wants people to think he's bad. He can get away with more stuff with the, uh, the car if he... That's true, yeah. If he thinks yeah. he's... Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> They're tens. I think they're called Volk, right? Voliki. Voliki. Okay, right. V-O-L-K-I. Volk. Volki. Something like that. Okay, anyways, they have tents. <laughs> this is how I picture it anyway. It's a tent. 
Um, and they have furs. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so <laughs> um, I was at a family event and I was talking to my sister about, pretty sure it was one of these books. Um, and I was mentioning how they have like tents and stuff that they're nomads. And my brother-in-law was like half listening. He goes, oh, what? And like, do they bring the women back to their furs? And I was like, yep, <laughs> that is. <laughs> As a matter of fact. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely do. And it was just so funny. So when I was reading this and I came across that again, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's what it made me think of that conversation where he just jumped in and was like, they take them back to their furs. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. You want to fight about it? Yeah. And it's romantic. Yeah. And probably really warm. Yes. And soft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So don't knock the furs. Yeah. Don't knock the furs. Don't knock the furs. (laughs) The, uh, the Gerten. Yes. Like, all I can see is the goblins, uh, you had this note. Oh, in the Hobbit, right? Yes. So the um, with the Gertons, I picture them as the goblins from the Hobbit. Yeah. Um, along with that whole scene at the end where um, you know, they break in and then break out of mm-hmm. that mountain. I just basically just picture that um, <laughs> that whole. It's just it's just that Misty whole mountains. Scene. Yeah, it's just that whole whole, whole portion of it. <laughs> um is what happens that I picture um, yeah. yeah same it's either it's like a mix of that the hot like the goblins and um there were these creatures on Doctor Who um Madam Vastra in Doctor Who is one of them um the side she's a Silurian, kind of this like lizard looking thing um being like it's kind of like a cross between those two things is what mm-hmm. i'm saying uh they're they're not nice folks um but vian mentions in the beginning of the book that she's wearing this sheer dress basically in these like crappy shoes and the Instead of providing like actual clothing and shoes for their slaves, the Gertan just fashion, you know, clothes and such out of the skin that they shed, which is disgusting. So gross. That is so gross, but it's very industrious. Like they're like waste not, want not. Okay, we've got that going for us at least. But that that is so gross. So gross we have a bearded dragon in our house and i'm just imagining like making a pair of shoes out of that <laughs> just gross also like they would fall apart as soon as you step yes out. that's what i was saying too like shed skin is and exactly like, yeah <laughs> um i guess it's a different texture in this universe or in this on this planet really it's a planet yeah um yeah that is so gross. That is such a horrible idea. That uh, issue with communication ends up becoming a problem with Vien and Davik. So 
going back to the Vovic, that's that's what is motivating Vien to go back to the Dead Mountain is she's got a month. And if she doesn't get back and take the next dosage of that, she's going to die. Well, she doesn't tell anybody that. She just starts to get these like black veins that start on growing on her arm and then they spread throughout her body. Still, like develops unending pain and is at the very last minute like, Bobek, <laughs> dead mountain. It's like, sis. You needed to have this conversation two weeks ago. Why didn't you say anything? This whole time I'm screaming at her like, why Why aren't you saying anything, girl? I know. It's just tell him that you have to go back. Because he's over here like, I love you. I want to marry you. I'm going to take care of your family. I'm going to rescue them. There's not going to be any problems. He's like, we're getting married. And she's like, I have to go back. But doesn't tell him why. He mm -hmm. just assumes that it's because she wants to save her family. And he's like, I got this. I'm going to take care of you. And then, and then like on the inside, it's like, well, I'm slowly dying. Like use your words, girl, tell him. They have a really nice discussion at the end too, where it's like, you know, I didn't tell you everything. You didn't tell me everything. Let's acknowledge that. And let's discuss it. Mm -hmm. and then Davik takes it a step further and he's like this is how my sister was murdered it's like these are, this is a, a nice fairly healthy relationship I think yes relative to some of the books that we've read <clears throat> I agree. so maybe the key to having a healthy fantasy relationship is to pursue one with a seven foot tall broody male alien instead of a 2000 year old fey male <laughs> you know what yeah you're right i think it's i think it's an age thing yes it's an age thing it is when they're too they've aged too much <laughs> by the time they're 2000 we've moved past we've moved past broody territory into i don't even know what comes after that we've we're not a cinnamon roll anymore <laughs> we're like a hard piece of bread that's been left out <laughs> it has aged it is as hard as a rock i mean it's got like mold growing on it <laughs> that's your female <laughs> but why is that so accurate <laughs> Um, I wish there, there had been more with the tale. I love the tale. Yep. This is, I think is the first book that we've, these books are the first books that we've read where the characters have had tales and I love like the tale. Oh, did her, other, did they have tales in her other series? I can't oh, remember. No. I only really anyway, remember a tale. Like yeah. the tail is so affectionate. The tail, it like they use it to wrap around their calf. It's like holding a person's hand. Yeah. But with a tail, like they're sleeping and the tail like has a mind, like it wraps around the person's ankle. Like the tail is very possessive. I'm not put off by this tale at all. I like this as an adaptation. Let's evolve there. I don't know how it works in pants. I feel like assless chaps would have to be a staple in your wardrobe, maybe, but. I take the tail. Yeah. 
What do you like about it? Cause I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is that I like about this. I just know that I do. I like what you said that it's like affectionate. Like it like has a mind of its own kind of, and you can yeah. use it as like a third limb, you know? And I thought there's actually, um, oh gosh. Okay. So there are two other books that I've read that stand out to me that have tales in them. One was a reverse harem book. Um, and the guy was a demon with the tail mm. and he used the tail during sex very efficiently um <laughs> i need to know what book this is right now <laughs> oh god it's like something reaper i think i don't remember okay. i'll i'll text it to you i'm so curious um yeah i'll text it to you so anyway um and then the other one i read was a raven kennedy and ivy asher uh compilation or mix up um conveniently convicted oh i remember you talking about those books so uh i i, I dig i'm into tales dig a tail can dig yeah. a tail these yeah. these aliens they mm -hmm. also have a unique evolutionary adaptation mm -hmm. it's it's the daca yes the vibrating nub at the base of their penises. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, of all of the penile evolutionary things that we've read in alien books, this is my favorite. Like if we were going to build our own alien male, I would pick, we've had up to this point that I can remember, we've had males with like ridged penises. Mm -hmm. Those blue planet aliens they had like a something similar i think like a talon is not the right word they had some type of protrusion above the penis uh another series like the the semen caused like unending orgasms that's one of my favorites <laughs> yeah i think this is my favorite adaptation Mm -hmm. it's just very efficient like yes <laughs> yes I agree I think it is the most um I don't want to say realistic but like I guess in terms of pleasure right that would be the one that's really the most effective like right away you know you get mm -hmm. on it it starts doing that whereas like with semen that makes you come uncontrollably you know it's not like an immediate thing right you know you yeah. have to wait for ejaculation and <laughs> yeah we'll talk about this 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 we'll, discussion is coming down the road yes <laughs> but with this i mean it just starts vibrating and it's like uh based on the description of where it is yeah right, that right spot and it swells i mean it's it's nice yeah yep so super big fan of that mm -hmm. that plus the tail like i'll take it yep yep this is actually more a question to you since you are your pelvic floor physical therapist so his davik is just like okay I'm going to just like shove it in real quick, like a band-aid, you know, get it over with. Cause I know it's going to hurt her. 
and there are tons of other books that I've read that we've read you know where they go mm-hmm. super slowly you know and it's it hurts still all the same but it's really slow and gentle and it's just like we're just gonna real quick yeah <laughs> I'm gonna go for it so what's the better way to do it yeah so from a pelvic floor perspective the band-aid technique is not really a great option okay no you don't want to be ripping that off you want to take it slow and steady I think so she is like half a virgin when when, I don't I know that's not a thing and the concept of virginity is just like a it's a I have it's a, a whole lot other of issue. That. I have a lot of issues with that. Um, but she's she thinks she's had sex before. Um, and so I think he like he's approaching this from a, a like they've done lots of foreplay up to this point. Like she has um orgasmed, she is well lubricated, he has um like inserted fingers vaginally, so they've done like some preparatory work. The band-aid like aggressive penetration is typically not going to be a good option mm-hmm. um, it's gonna it can cause like this um refractory i think is not the right word but like this m- increase in muscular tension in response to pain because your body feels threatened and so it's going to create tension because it feels threatened which increases pain and so you get into the cycle of it's painful and make more tension it's painful and make more tension um slower slow and steady does tend to be a better option when it comes to things like that but that is a super common um that is a super common thing that we read in romance novels too though like for some when they're work when when it's a scenario with the person who's not had penetrative intercourse before they do take things slow but like 50 shades of gray i think what's her name i want to say Bella, but that's Twilight. I can't remember. Oh, her name's like the god, her goddess, or what is? That? Oh yeah, Anastasia. Right, yeah. Um, her first attempt at penetrative intercourse, it's like he rams his penis inside of her, and I was like, oh no, that's not that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Like it's especially troubling too, because he's supposed to be like this sex god, right? Anyway. Um, so, but I feel like we see for as often as we see the situation where the person is having, like they're taking it slow. We also see the contrast to that, where it's like aggressive penetration on a person's first attempt. And that's not, it's not a good strategy typically. But they do spend a lot of foreplay time or a lot of time on foreplay. She is well lubricated when he does attempt penetration. He does enter her, you know, like penetrate aggressively, but he stops. He mm-hmm. talks to her. They do this like slow breathing thing. Like it's going to, he, he does like some dirty talking stuff, like to decrease muscular, like, you know, it's an aggressive initially, but then he follows up with some other things that help with decreasing stress and tension and pain. So it's not like he, shoves it in and then jackhammers <laughs> right so all right so vian you know she manages to they get the heartstone right so davik um gets it from the tree he um keeps it because he's going to use it to heal her if he absolutely can't get the antidote and he knows that it'll end up costing him his life 
So, but when he runs off to the dead mountain, he leaves it behind and uh, Vian grabs it. And then now her like mind powers have expanded. She can just straight up control people. So she um, tells his second in command, right? His um, Pujarak. Pujarak. Um, like, take me to the dead mountain. Let's go. We're going. So they go. And she has it and she shows up and she's like, here it is. And she's like, I picture it as she's like glowing and like it says that her mouth is open in a silent scream mm-hmm. and she's managing to control like everybody around her, you know, um, what they do. She's holding back all of the Gertrung. Um, and she basically like saves the day. Yeah. Um, but as we know, there's always a price, right, for yeah. getting the help from the gods or goddess in this situation. And she loses her power. Yeah. Yep. I like that she presents, uh, in terms of like their approach to dealing with things, she presents a, a contrast to Davik's approach, which is like, just murder everybody. Everything. Kill it all. Dead, dead, dead. She's like, let's save it. Let's reason with it. When things die, she feels bad about it. And when, so Davik goes into the mountain and he's got some poison stuff under his claws. um, And he, he's going to use that to bargain with Loza for the antidote to the Bovig poisoning. And uh that ends up so he his intention is like not necessarily to kill like he's kind of adopting her approach i feel like uh or just really clever at bargaining maybe uh, whereas in, where it's like instead of just killing this person i'm gonna be clever do this thing it's like if you help me i won't let you die but Lowe's is like i don't care just kill me like yeah so um it's interesting that his philosophy up until this point has been like just kill pretty much everything and then he's he's using this strategy which is very clever and then vienne uses that to her advantage when she uses heartstone and her abilities to mind meld basically all of the other gartan and she i think is really clever in showing the king of the gartan or the leader mercy because and she mentions this like if she killed him there would just be another person to take his place but instead what she does is she makes him promise not to take any more slaves and she makes him release the slaves that he has and she makes him um give them the antidote in in their stores of it Um, so that it can't be used and so they can help the people who've been poisoned and that and she uses the magic or the the power that she's amassed to leave a lasting impact um so i think it ends up being really clever the way that she kind of like wraps up this little bit of conflict with the gertan for now uh but uh davik says you know war's coming no matter what like war's it's still coming but we've probably delayed it for a little bit longer and now they know more about their enemy um, 
which is what they had been trying to obtain is information up to this point because the Dothakar is lazy and he doesn't want them to find out more information about their, their threats. So all in all, they accomplish a lot for their cause um, in learning about and controlling a little bit the Gurtan in this book. Quotable quotes. Anyway, so the quote I picked was, um, I actually picked because of one of the quotes that we talked about last week with Arabin, where he gives this like really amazing speech where he's like, I'll walk over coals for you, you know, like I'll lay the world at your feet sort of thing. But if you only you'll do this one thing for me. Mm-hmm. So in this um, one, um, Vianne like kind of jokingly asked Avic like what she gets in return from him and he goes um he'll give you everything you ever wanted lay the world at your feet because you deserve that and more it's like oh see that's a way to do it that's so sweet and you know like because just because you deserve it not because you have to do something for him yeah like anyway that's what i was like you know what that's that's a good yeah and it's nice because davik's not a psychopath like Arabin yep. in the book we talked about in Queen yep. of Shadows. So just a good guy being a good guy. It's yes. nice. Right. Well, I picked the quote, uh, time has nothing to do with grief. The um, Davik says this to Davik says this to Vien after Lakar dies and Bien's sad, and uh, Davik's like, it's, you know, what can I do to help you? What can I do to support you? And she's, she laughs because it's like, I've only known her for a week, and you've known her for 10 years, and he says this to her, and I just, I really like it. We've talked about how, uh, like, I think it was in The Bone Witch, there was a character who fell in love with people, and she was constantly losing her heart. Uh, and time doesn't have necessarily any influence on like the depth and the strength of your feelings you can grieve after having known someone for a short time you can be heartbroken after loving someone for a short time or knowing them for a short time feelings are so interesting that way um and so i like this i like that quote a good quote yep all right final thoughts i love zoe draven she introduced me to alien books um and i now enjoy them but especially hers they're always unique they're always happy the men or the males are just great guys um overall 10 out of 10 yep I agree. I know I'm going to read and be happy. I know what I'm reading is going to make me happy when I'm reading a Zoe Draven book. Yes. They're great. All right. That wraps up Madness of the Horde King by Zoe Draven. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll be covering Empire of Storms next week. So we hope you join us for that. Empire of Storms by Sarah J. Mass. It's the fifth book in the Throne of Glass series. Ciao. Join us next week. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.